let God transform your life as you listen to this inspiring sermon by Rev. Richard C. Whitcomb. On September 4, 1622, the Spanish cargo ship Anocha left Havana, Cuba, bound for Spain. The Anocha was carrying one of the richest cargoes ever assembled, silver from Peru and Mexico, gold and emeralds from Colombia, and pearls from Venezuela. The value of the cargo is estimated at more than 400 million U.S. dollars. But then, on September 23rd, as the Anocha sailed across the Atlantic Ocean, disaster struck. An unexpected hurricane descended and hit the Anocha with full force. The sails were shredded, the masts were broken and destroyed, and the powerful waves lifted the Anocha up and smashed it against the reefs. The Anocha sank instantly, carried to the bottom of the ocean by the heavy load of treasure. And that's where the Anocha remained for more than 300 years. Treasure hunters sought for the Anocha, but no one ever found it. People knew that the treasure was there somewhere. In fact, in 1973, three silver bars from the Anocha treasure actually came up to the surface and were found. People swam in the waters around the Anocha and fished in the ocean above it and sailed right on top of it. But no one ever went deep enough to find the Anocha and recapture its $400 million hidden treasure. But then, on July 20th, 1985, an expedition led by a treasure hunter named Mel Fisher finally discovered the Anocha. When they went down deep enough they received the reward others had missed. There's a powerful lesson for all of us in the amazing true story of the Spanish treasure ship Anocha and its hidden reward. You see, just like the Anocha, there's a treasure worth more than we can imagine available to all of us. It's the treasure of guaranteed answers to prayer. Yet sadly, most people never discover the great treasure of guaranteed answers to prayer. The fact is, they simply don't go deep enough. Oh, most people pray. Almost everybody prays sometimes. Many of us dip our toes in the shallow waters of prayer. We fish in the waters of prayer. We may even go for a little expedition in the waters of prayer. But we don't go deep enough. We never discover the treasures that are only available for those who go deeper in prayer. That's why today's message is so important. We're going to discover the secrets that Jesus himself gave us. The three steps to get guaranteed answers as we go deeper in prayer. But before we learn more, let us begin with prayer. Almighty and everlasting Father, we thank you for gathering us together today to listen to your word. We ask you to take us deeper in prayer. We submit to you right now, we bind every voice of the enemy that would come to deceive or disturb or distract us. And in the name of the Lord Jesus, I loose the power of the Holy Spirit, the power to enlighten our minds, the power to motivate our hearts, the power to take us deeper in prayer. We thank you by faith that at the end of this day, your name will be glorified and our lives will be transformed. We give you the praise by faith in Jesus' name. And everybody said, 
Amen. I'd like to invite you to take a moment and pray with me. Just put your hand on your chest. Join your faith with mine today and say, Lord Jesus, speak to my heart. Change my life. Manifest your glory in me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to our broadcast. It's so wonderful to have you join me today as we continue our sermon series titled Deeper. Everybody say, Deeper. Over the last few weeks, we've been hearing the call of God to go deeper in our spiritual lives. He's calling us deeper with Jesus. He's calling us to live a deeper life as we take a deeper walk. And today, he's calling all of us to go deeper in prayer. Our scripture text for today is found in the Gospel of St. John, chapter 15, and verses 7 and 8. The words are on your screen and on your sermon notes, but I'm convinced that God's word has the most impact when it's in our hearts and on our lips. So I invite you to read these simple words from our Lord Jesus Christ together with me out loud. Are you ready? Let's read the word of God with faith today. Here we go. Three, two, one, go. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you. You will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. May the Lord bless the reading of his word to your hearts today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. I love these simple yet powerful words from Jesus. In these two verses, Jesus gives us the keys to guaranteed answers to prayer. So today, let's discover the three steps to go deeper in prayer. And here's your first step to deeper prayer. Abide in God. See, this is how Jesus begins our journey deeper in prayer today. In John 15, 7, Jesus says, if you abide in in me. So understand clearly what Jesus is teaching us today about prayer. The first and most important step in going deeper in prayer and to getting guaranteed results is to seek God and abide in him. See, the fact is you can only go deeper in prayer when you seek the face of God. Deep prayer is prayer that touches the heart of God. Deep prayer is prayer that looks into the face of your Father in heaven and makes a relational connection between father and child. Deep prayer is prayer that transforms lives and transforms destinies. So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you today. The purpose of prayer is communion with God. And when we fail to understand the purpose of prayer, we go amiss in prayer. When all our prayers are focused on what we can get and what we want and what we need, we miss the purpose of prayer. God wants to give us our needs and bless us with our desires, but that's not the purpose of prayer. The purpose of prayer is communion with God. And if all your prayers are centered around your problems, your needs, your wants, and your desires, then you have a very shallow prayer life. God may grant you your request, but you are far from him. And it's time to stop treating God like a cash machine and go deeper in prayer. This is the warning the Apostle James gives us in James chapter 4, verses 2 and 3. You don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You only want what will give you pleasure. 
And prayer is not us telling God to give us what we think will make us happy. Prayer is not performing a religious ritual to appease God. Prayer is first and foremost communion with God our Father. It's the place we present ourselves to him for fellowship, relationship, and communion. Some people only pray when they're in trouble or have a need. But when you do that, you miss the purpose of prayer. We want results, but God wants relationship. Now, don't misunderstand me. God answers our cries for help. He is kind and merciful, and he wants to meet our needs. But the true power of prayer is with those who abide in him and have a relationship with him. See, friends, there's a difference between acknowledging Christ and abiding in Christ. There's a difference between proclaiming him and partnering with him. There's a difference between casual and committed in prayer. That's why Psalm 103.7 says, He revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. And understand the difference here. Moses knew God. He lived in him and abided in him and experienced a far greater level of power than any other man on earth at that time. Moses sought God's face and knew God personally. But the people of Israel never went deeper in prayer. They didn't know God the way Moses did. The Israelites sought God's hand and experienced his power, but they didn't know God. They constantly called out to him when they were in trouble. And God was merciful and God delivered them. They saw his deeds, but they missed his heart. And that's how it is for many of us. True power, sustaining power, keeping power only comes to those who abide in Christ. The guarantee of answers to prayer only comes to those who seek God's face. So let me ask you a question today. Are you seeking God's face or are you only seeking his hand? When we seek God's face, we seek to know him personally. When we seek his hand, we're only asking for his power, but not a relationship with him. Now, please don't misunderstand what I'm teaching you today. I'm not teaching that it's wrong or selfish or sinful to seek God's help, blessing, protection, and provision. God is the source of all we need, and we must pray to him. After all, Jesus himself taught us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. So let me make it very clear. It is not wrong to seek God's hand. In fact, God urges us and encourages us and commands us to seek his hand and ask for his help for everything we need. That's why Philippians 4, 6 says, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. But in order to keep our prayers in the right perspective, we have to seek God's face not just his hand. In order to keep our prayers in the right perspective, we have to put God first. We have to make abiding in him our goal in prayer. See, the fact is, anyone can pray and seek God's hand of intervention and help. Even unbelievers can pray and ask God to help them. And God, in his mercy and kindness and grace, will sometimes help a sinner when he prays to him for an earthly need. You see, God is so kind and so loving and so merciful and so gracious that out of the abundance of his grace, he will even at times answer the prayers of sinners. 
He will, on occasion, move in response to a desperate plea from someone who has no right to ask God for anything. For God is not in any way obligated to answer the prayers of a sinner. The Bible says in Psalm 66, 18, If I regard wickedness in my heart, the Lord will not hear. So understand that God is not in any way required to listen or respond to the prayers of the unrighteous. But because God is continually drawing men to himself with his love, he will shower even unbelievers with love and kindness to try to turn their hearts towards him. After all, the Bible says in Romans 2.4, his kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. So God shows men his goodness to bring them home to him. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 5, 45, for he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. For he's merciful and showers even sinners with his hand of blessing. But understand today that there's a great difference between God answering your prayer and showing you his hand and God showing you his face in a relationship between father and son. And if you want to go deeper in prayer, you have to seek God's face. For it is only when we seek his face that we are connected to him in relationship. It's only his children who seek his face that know him deeply and intimately. It's only those who seek his face who are always guaranteed to also have his hand. For Jesus taught us in Matthew 6, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you today. If you only seek God's hand, you will miss his face. But if you seek his face, you will get his hand also. When you seek God's face and seek to be like him and seek to be connected to him, then you are guaranteed to meet him and to have everything you need as well. And when you seek to live in total submission to his authority as king of the kingdom and you seek to walk in the light of his presence with righteousness, you get the best of everything. You get his face and you get his hand. For when you see God's face, you become connected to God. When you see the face of your heavenly father, you are united with him. That's the lesson we can learn from the amazing true story of a Chinese man named Mao Lin. In October 1988, Mao Lin was a happy and healthy two-year-old boy living with his parents in Xi'an, China. One day, his father picked him up from kindergarten, and as they were walking home, they stopped to get some water for little Mao. His father left Mao on the street and stepped inside a hotel for just a minute or two to get the water. But when he came back outside to the street, Mao was gone. His parents searched frantically for little Mao, but he was nowhere to be found. Days turned into weeks and weeks turned into months and eventually his parents realized Mao had been kidnapped. In desperation, they did everything they could to find their son. They printed 100,000 flyers with his picture and shared it everywhere, hoping someone would recognize their little boy. His mother, Jing Zi, was especially tireless in her efforts. Anytime she got news about a missing child that had been found, she would travel to see if perhaps it was Mao. 
She spent years traveling all across China, pursuing every rumor, chasing every lead. But nothing ever led Jingzi to Mao. For 32 years, Jingzi kept searching without success. But then, in April of this year, someone gave Jingzi information about a man that had been taken from the city where she lived many years ago. Jingzi was able to obtain a picture of the man who was now 34 years old. And when Jingzi gave the picture to the police, they used facial recognition software to confirm who the man was. Facial recognition led the police to a man living about 700 kilometers away. Two DNA tests then confirmed that the picture of the man was indeed a match for Mao Lin. After 32 years and more than 300 false leads, Mao had been found through facial recognition. On Monday, May 18th of this year, Mao was reunited with his parents and the breakthrough came from facial recognition. And there's a powerful truth for all of us in the miraculous story of Mao Lin. See, what reunited mother and son was facial recognition. And so it is for us and God. When you seek God's face and recognize God's face, you become united with your Heavenly Father. When you seek God's face, you become connected to Him in the way you were meant to be. You may be related to God as a child of God, but you will never connect with God in a deeper way until you seek his face. For when you seek God's face and not just his hand, you enter into a deeper relationship that is more fulfilling and more rewarding than any you could imagine. When you know God face to face, you have intimate fellowship with him. When you know God face to face, you are united and connected to him in a bond that can never be shaken. Sadly, this is the problem for the majority of people in the church today. We've gotten used to seeking God's hand, but many of us are not seeking God's face. And because of that error, our entire relationship with God is built around what he does for us. And here's why that's so dangerous. If your entire relationship with God is built around what he does for you, then when your faith is tested, you'll lose your faith. If the answer to your prayers is delayed, you'll lose your faith and you'll lose your relationship with God. You'll become angry and confused and bitter against God for not showing you his hand. That's why many churchgoers will not survive the end times. Because in the end times, it will appear as if God's hand has been withdrawn from the earth as the judgments begin to pile up. And only those who've learned to seek God's face, not just his hand, will survive in the end times. That's what happened to the children of Israel. The Bible says the people of Israel sought God's hand to provide food for them in the wilderness. And God answered them. But he also became angry with them. God was angry with the people of Israel because their entire focus was on what they could get from him for themselves. 
They didn't see prayer as an opportunity to commune with God. They only saw God as a cash machine to withdraw what they wanted. They sought his hand, but not his face. Listen to what the Bible says in Psalm 106, 14 to 15. They only cared about pleasing themselves in that desert and provoked God with their insistent demands. He gave them exactly what they asked for. But along with it, they got an empty heart. And sadly today, there are millions of Christians who are just like the people of Israel in the wilderness. There are millions of churchgoers who are rich in material goods, but empty in heart. They've seen God's hand provide, but they've never seen God's face. There are even many pastors and churches and ministries that are blessed beyond their wildest imagination monetarily, but the presence of God is not in their meetings. Their services are all entertainment, hype, and manipulation. God has answered their prayers for material goods. His hand of provision has been seen in their ministries, but he sent leanness to their souls because they're only seeking what God will do for them and not seeking him. Woe unto the preachers. Woe unto the apostles. Woe unto the prophets who fly around the world in luxury jets but who do not know the face of God. Hear me well today. I am not advocating for poverty. I am not denying God's ability to provide for his children. I will never deny that God wants to bless his people. But you can have all the riches of this world and never know God. You can have all the money this world offers and still go to hell. And you can be a godly saint and a true disciple of Jesus who knows his face. And yet you're not rich in monetary terms. And it's time you settle this matter once and for all. Are you seeking God's face or are you only seeking his hand? Are you praying to know God or are you only praying to get rich? For I would rather have a lean bank account and a heart full of God than to have a fat bank account and an empty heart because I don't know God's face. That's why the Bible says in Psalms 84.10, a single day in your courts is better than a thousand anywhere else. I would rather be a gatekeeper in the house of my God than live the good life in the homes of the wicked. It's better to live one day in intimate fellowship with God than a thousand in the luxurious palaces of the materially wealthy and the temporarily powerful. It's better to know his face than to have all the riches of this world. God is calling you to go deeper in prayer by seeking his face and abiding in him. And when you've done that, you can take the second step to deeper prayer. Align with God's word. This is the second step Jesus gives us to go deeper in prayer. Listen again to his words in John 15, 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. So first we have to abide in God and seek his face. Then secondly, we have to let him and his word abide in us. In order to go deeper in prayer, we have to go deeper in God's word. 
You see, it's God's word that guides our supplications and petitions. When we pray and ask for God's hand in accordance with his word, then we know we are always praying in the will of God. When we have God's word in us, then we have the confidence to ask anything we need in accordance with that word. And when we ask according to his will, we know that we have what we ask for. That's what the Bible tells us in 1 John 5, 14 and 15. Listen, this is the confidence we we have in approaching God. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know, we know, somebody say we know, that we have what we asked of him. When you go deeper in prayer by beginning to seek God's face, that's approaching God, and you then go and align your request with God's word, that is to ask anything according to his will, then you are unbeatable in prayer. You have guaranteed answers to your prayer. And the reason aligning with God's word works is because his words are power. His words are life. In John 6, 63, Jesus said, the very words I've spoken to you are spirit and life. His word is the word of power. His word created the universe. He spoke the word and the world was formed. His word sustains all things. And everything we see and everything we touch is held together by the power of God's word. That's why Hebrews 1, 3, says God's son has all the brightness of God's own glory and is like him in every way by his own mighty word he holds the universe together and if God's word holds the universe together then God's word can hold things together for you too when you hear a word from God it gives you the assurance that whatever you need to accomplish that word is yours when you pray you can pray a big bold amazing prayer when you have a big bold amazing word from God but you see the fact is this hearing God's word initiates faith Romans 10:17 tells us faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God and the basis for our faith is only God's word when we pray in faith we don't rely on our own efforts or our own goodness or our own imagination we rely solely on God's promises you can't pray effectively unless you're praying in faith and you can't pray in faith unless you've heard God's word and are praying God's word back to him some people think they have faith, but all they really have is fantasy. They have human enthusiasm. They have a lot of excitement, but that's not faith. Faith only comes when God speaks his word, his truth to us. And true faith must be based not on the word of a prophet, not on the expectation of the believer. True faith is based only on God's word. That's why prayer is not bending God to our will, it is bending our will to his will. It is aligning our lives with the word of God. So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you today. Prayer doesn't change God. Prayer changes us. That's why Jesus taught us to pray in Matthew 6.10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And God's will is always done perfectly in heaven. It must be our prayer that his will will be done perfectly on earth. This can't be our prayer unless it is also our purpose. We can't pray for it to be done on earth if we're not allowing his will to be done in us. 
But when we do, when we get aligned with God's word, then there is an assurance of answers. That's why Jesus said, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. In other words, if you'll get God's word in your spirit and align with God's word, you will pray according to his word and you will guaranteed have whatever you ask for. Even Jesus had to pray in submission to the will of his father. When he was in the garden before the crucifixion, he prayed in Mark 14, 36, Abba, Father, he cried out, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. Jesus submitted his will to the will of the Father and waited for the word of God to come. For even Jesus could not have an answer to prayer if it was outside the will and the word of the Father. So too, we must submit to God and align our prayers with his word. Sometimes we think God has not heard our prayers when the truth is we haven't heard his answers. That's why you have to understand that God always answers our prayers, but sometimes the answer is no. And when God says no, we must say like Jesus, not my will, but yours be done. For the truth is, when we go deeper in prayer, God changes us. His will becomes our will. His ways become our ways. When we go deeper in prayer, his desires become our desires. For when you truly meet Jesus face to face, he changes everything about you. Many years ago, the great evangelist D.L. Moody was preaching at his church in Chicago, USA. At the end of his sermon, he gave an altar call for salvation. He invited anyone who wanted to follow Jesus to come forward and speak with him and pray with him. Well, a young lady walked forward after the service, and Reverend Moody asked her, do you want to follow Jesus and give your life to him? I'm not sure, the young lady said. First, I want to ask you a question. If I give my life to Jesus, can I still go to parties? If I give my life to Jesus, can I still drink and keep my boyfriend? If I give my life to Jesus, will I have to change? Reverend Moody looked at this young lady and smiled and said, If you truly give your life to Jesus and follow him with all your heart, then you can do whatever you like. So the young lady agreed to pray and give her life to Christ. Reverend Moody asked her to kneel down, and he started praying over her. He prayed for the fire of God to fall upon this young lady. He prayed for the Holy Spirit to convict her of her sin. He prayed and cried out to God for the power of Jesus to fall on her and transform her and take away her sin and change her heart. He prayed that she would be born again. He prayed she would be made new in Christ. He prayed she would see God's face. In fact, Reverend Moody prayed so hard and so long that the girl began to shake. God answered his prayers and suddenly this young lady had a vision. She saw Jesus Christ hanging on the cross and suddenly she felt the conviction of her sins. She saw how evil and selfish she'd been in life. She saw the error of her ways and the load of guilt on her shoulders. She saw the price Jesus paid to set her free. 
the young lady became so convicted and broken as Reverend Moody kept praying, she started crying out to God, God, forgive me. God, I repent. Jesus, save me. Jesus, change me. She asked Jesus to take control of her life. She surrendered everything to God and became born again by the power of the Holy Spirit at that altar. And when she got up, she was changed. She was a new creation in Christ. She left that church under the power of God's Spirit. Well, the next week, she came back to church. And when she walked into the sanctuary, her face was glowing with the Spirit of God. During the service, she worshiped with her whole heart. During the preaching, she listened with her whole being. And after the service, she walked up to Reverend Moody and said to him, Pasta, last week I asked you, if I give my life to Jesus, can I still go to parties and drink and keep my boyfriend? And you told me if I truly gave my life to Jesus and followed him with all my heart, that I could do whatever I like. She went on. And you were right. See, when I truly gave my life to Jesus and when I followed him with my whole heart, he changed what I like. I'm not the same. All the desires I had before have gone. I don't want to go to parties. I want to worship Jesus. I don't want to sin. I want to serve the Lord. You said I could do whatever I want and now all I want is to seek the face of my Savior. And so it is for all of us. When you go deeper in prayer, Jesus changes you. You no longer desire sin. You now desire the Savior. You don't want to go astray. You want to stay close to the one who died and rose for you. When you go deeper in prayer and begin to fellowship with Jesus, you start to love the things he loves and hate the things he hates. When you fellowship with Jesus, when you see his face and align with the word of God, then the dry, barren lifestyle of sin is broken. You begin to produce fruit that glorifies God. And that leads us to our third step to deeper prayer, accomplish God's plan. Here's how Jesus concludes John 15, 7. You will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. And that is amazing good news for all of us. You see, when you abide in God and align with his word, you unleash the awesome power of God to answer prayer and accomplish God's plan. When you seek his face and submit to his will, you unite with God to do amazing things. For the truth is God desires to do awesome and amazing things through us and with us in prayer. That's why Jesus concludes today's scripture text with these words in verse eight. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. By aligning with God's word and abiding in him with our prayers answered and accomplishing his plan, we glorify God. God wants you to bear much fruit. He wants you to follow him deeper in prayer so that your heavenly Father is glorified. He wants you to have awesome testimonies of going deeper in prayer. That's what has happened to everyone who's answered the call to go deeper. In fact, if we wanted to tell testimonies of the powerful results that come when we abide in Christ, then we would not leave here today. There are not enough books in the whole world to tell of all that God has done. The Bible is full of answers to prayer, and your life can be too. In fact, 
I believe God has answered thousands of prayers in our lives already. We may not know it because we haven't written them down. But if we were to write them down, the number would be staggering. One man who did keep a record was a man named George Mueller. One day, George Mueller looked down the streets of Bristol, England, and saw hundreds of homeless children on the street. He was so moved with concern for them that he decided that something had to be done. He had only a few coins in his pocket, but George Mueller decided to start an orphanage. And in 60 years, beginning with just a few coins, George Mueller took care of 10,000 orphans. He looked out and saw homeless kids. He could have said, but I don't have any money, but there's no way to care for them, to meet their needs, to buy the food. Instead, he looked at them and said, I will reach out and help them. I will go to God and go deeper in prayer. God blessed his efforts in a mighty way. George Mueller experienced miraculous answers to prayer for those 60 years. In fact, George Mueller kept a record of his prayers. His prayer records fill more than 3,000 pages. His notes show that more than 30,000 prayers were documented and answered in his life. One night, there was no food in the orphanage to give to the children for breakfast. But at 3 o'clock in the morning, a baker called him up and said, I can't sleep. I'm going down to the bakery to bake some bread. Would it be all right for me to bring some bread to you this morning? One time, a milk truck carrying milk just happened to break down on the street right in front of the orphan home on a day when they had no milk. The truck driver came out and said, if I leave the milk here, it will spoil. Would you like to take the milk? And their need was met. Time and time again, 30,000 times in 60 years, God answered George Mueller's prayers. And God wants to do the same for you. How do I know? Because Jesus said in John 14, 12 to 14, I tell you the truth. Anyone, say anyone, Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with my Father. You can ask for anything, someone say anything, in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. See, God wants to do great things in and through you. He wants to answer your prayer and bring glory to God. And when you go deeper in prayer, you will come to the place where God's power performs on your behalf. His power will be revealed and displayed in you. So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you today. The world has yet to see the great things God will accomplish through you when you go deeper in prayer. But when you abide in his presence and seek his face, when you align with his word and yield to his will, then God will release his power to accomplish his plan and the world will see God do great things through you. That's the vision that the prophet Ezekiel had. In Ezekiel chapter 47, the Bible tells us about a vision that was given to the prophet Ezekiel. In his vision, he saw a river flowing out from the temple. The word of God says that the water flowed past the altar. The altar represents the presence of God. 
And the river flowing from the temple past the altar represents the Spirit of God flowing into our lives when we go deeper in prayer. You see, at the altar, we meet with God and worship him. At the altar, we see God's face. Then in the vision, Ezekiel saw the water become a mighty river. As the water flowed out from God's presence, it got deeper and deeper. And in Ezekiel's vision, the angel kept calling him, go deeper. First it was to his ankles, and the water reached his ankles, and the angel said, go deeper. Then the water was to his knees, and the angel said, go deeper. Then the water reached his waist, but still the angel cried, go deeper. And as Ezekiel obeyed and went deeper, the water became so deep, he couldn't walk in it again. He was swimming, swimming in the river of God's power, swimming in the river of God's presence. And everywhere the river went, there was Life. For Ezekiel 47.9 says, life will flourish wherever the water flows. The river turned the salty swamp to fresh and pure places. The river turned the dead places into living places. The river was full of life and trees grew along its banks and the leaves of the trees were for the healing of the nations. And hear the word of the Lord to you today. There is a river of life flowing out from God's presence. It's a supernatural river of his presence and power. And he's calling you, go deeper, deeper into the stream of life, deeper into the knowledge of his love, deeper into the flow of the Spirit. You may be in up to your ankles, but God is calling you deeper. You may be into your knees, but God is calling you deeper. You may be up to your waist, but God is calling you deeper. And when you go deeper, when you swim in that river, you unite with God to bring life everywhere. You swim in him, and he flows through you. And there's fruit and healing and blessings when you go deeper in God, deeper in prayer, deeper with Jesus. Will you answer his call? Will you take the plunge? Will you go all in and swim in the river of his presence? When you do, the words of Jesus will be fulfilled in your life. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you. You will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples when you go deeper. Almighty and everlasting Father, we thank you for the clear call from your word and your spirit today. You're calling us deeper. You're calling us to abide in you, not just to seek your hand, God, help me, help me, but to seek your face, Lord, I want to know you. And you're calling us to align with your word, to let your words live in us so that our will is bent to your will, so that we submit and surrender and pray according to your purpose, so that your plan will be accomplished in our lives. Lord, let us go deeper. Deeper in your presence, deeper in your word, deeper in your spirit, deeper in prayer, that we might see your face, know your heart, and accomplish your will. We thank you by faith. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you for listening to this message. 
Reverend Richard C. Whitcomb is the senior pastor of Agape House New Testament Church in East Legon. If you are ever in Accra, we will like you to worship with us on Saturday night at 6 p.m. or on Sunday at 7.30 a.m., 9.30 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. You will have an awesome experience.